0: Hello everyone. Welcome to another episode of What is a podcast? The podcast that literally tried to record just now and for some reason the recording fucked up. Thankfully, it wasn't that long, but now I have to start over and I'm I'm not happy about that. But anyway, this is what is a podcast where people by people, I mean this guy you don't know Talk about things that may or may not matter And I'm recording the day after the Met Gala um, in New York Where the celebrities come to play And I was, you know, appreciating the fashion I thought people looked nice I don't think there was anyone who necessarily looked bad Of course you can make the op- observation that Unnecessary opulence and people throwing their money around for show is bad. But people didn't look bad, is what I'm trying to say. And there were some people who were like, oh, they didn't fit the theme of camp, which was this year's theme. Uh, and I was like, I don't give a fuck if you fit the theme. And people were making their jokes and their memes about, you know, they didn't fit the theme, they should be kicked out. Like, why do we even show up if you don't fit the theme? And I never cared about the theme. Like, I've seen the red carpet for the Met Gala for a couple years now. And it was like, okay, they look nice, they showed out, they have fun at the the Met Gala, whatever. Um, I never gave a fuck if you fit the theme or not. And from my understanding of what the Met Gala is, is you get invited, you pay a certain amount of money, and then you get to go. So if you get paid money to go to a fundraiser event, I can dress however I want That's my personal thing even if there is a theme like if you decide to go last-minute And you can't find a theme or anything like that you can dress however you want that that's fine with me um, But the theme was camp and if you're like me, you didn't know what the fuck camp was and I made my own video on my youtube channel re- reviewing the, um, the fashion at the Met Gala And I did that purposely not looking up what camp is because I thought it would make a better video that way. It's funnier that way if you are ignorant to some of the facts. Excuse me, I burped a little bit. But because it's funnier that way, um, I looked it up after the fact. And camp, from what I understand, and I'm not an expert, I didn't even do that much research. I did like one Google search. Um, Camp is like... Over the top, like tacky, cheesy, but in a good way, you know, showing off like either you have too much taste or a lack of taste. It doesn't matter. Um, But that's basically what camp is. So basically, if you're like me, that means that it's open to interpretation, like what you think is over the top, someone else might think is not over the top. So it's like personal self-expression which gives you a lot of freedom to do whatever you want. So you can say that something is camp or not camp. And again, I'm not the expert, so I'm not going to make those judgments. But to me, what's camp is your own interpretation. So if I say that something is or isn't camp, it doesn't matter because you're wearing the outfit, you're doing the things. I'm not doing anything. Um, but I'm also not like a, a huge fashion person Like I don't care about what the designers are doing I don't care about Versace or Prada or anything like that I like clothes, I like wearing clothes I look like looking nice But I'm not like worried about fashion week Or anything like that I'm not worried about Gucci or Louis or Prada, Prada. Creshawn told me those are her basic bitches anyway So it doesn't matter to me that much I just think it's weird that like people care so much about themes. And again, maybe if you care about fashion and like you love the Met Gala, maybe that makes more sense to you, but it doesn't make any sense to me particularly. Um but yeah, I thought the Met Gala fashion was cool. I uh, saw a lot of fun looks, a lot of beautiful people, and I think like the Met Gala is like where you really see how beautiful People are right, like we all know that celebrities are beautiful, like that's part of the reason why they're on TV and movies to begin with is because we want to look like them, or we want to be like them, or we like want to have sex with them essentially. So it makes sense that you know celebrities are beautiful, but I feel like you don't really get how beautiful those people are until you see them wearing something. That's absolutely ridiculous, and you're still like, damn. Those people are beautiful. It's crazy. Um, but anyway, I'm feeling okay. My voice is kind of scratchy. Um, I'm kind of tired. It's almost nighttime as I'm recording this. Um, but I'm feeling okay. My wrist has been kind of tweaked a little bit. Um, because I was actually I was in San Francisco, as I usually am. I was walking through the Mission District um, and I was actually I was on BART on the subway. If you are not familiar with BART and I decided I needed to take a walk because I just ate. I was feeling like I needed to take a walk. I've been sitting all day. I just ate. Let me take a walk. So I got off on 24th Street Mission and I walked like a mile to 16th Street Mission. And there's like, you know, people all around, nice art you get to look at. And there was a store selling fruit and I was looking at the fruit and I hit my wrist on one of the baskets and my wrist has been like slightly out of whack ever since. It's crazy. Hopefully it's not anything too serious, but that's just my body and an update on that if you don't care. Um, But yeah, I love the Mission District in San Francisco. I would say that that's probably like my favorite district in San Francisco. I mean, Ingleside and Excelsior all those places are fine, but the Mission District, I would say, at least, like, being in it, like, during the day, like, being in it, like, just seeing everything that's going on and being, like, knee-deep in it is, like, probably the best um for me. Um, But anyway, there's been a lot of stuff that's happened recently. Um, People were mad at Taylor Swift and saying that she copied Beyonce. I actually didn't see the whole performance where Taylor allegedly copied Beyonce. I just saw that Taylor used a drumline that Beyonce did at Coachella. And I was thinking, like Beyonce and Taylor Swift are kind of linked forever because of Kanye West. First of all, I do think that she didn't do the drumline as well as Beyonce. I only saw the drumline part, and it sucked. Um, And Beyonce did it better. Um, But... Once Kanye interrupted at like the VMAs, Taylor and Beyonce were always linked. So anytime Taylor does anything similar to Beyonce, she's going to get shit on because people hold Beyonce in such a high regard. So she should just steer clear of anything Beyonce related, unless it's like a collaboration on the song. I don't know if she'll do that, but that's probably why. Um, And, you know, sports are happening. The Giants suck. But what else is new? Um... The playoffs are interesting. The Warriors might lose to the Rockets. And as much as I dislike Rockets fans, and I want all of them to be thrown in jail, if they lose to the Rockets, I'm going to have to give credit, and that's going to be painful for me. Um, the Raptors, Kawhi is looking like the best player on Earth. Kevin Durant is looking like the best player on Earth. Um, Giannis Antetokounmpo is looking like the best player on Earth. So it's fun to watch. Although, yesterday... When the Warriors are playing the Rockets, like I turned on the TV to catch like the second half of the game and my TV was already on ESPN and the Phillies and the Cardinals are playing and they were doing like an interview about Jake Arietta and his diet and I got so hooked on Jake Arietta's diet that I just watched baseball instead of basketball, even though the baseball games now don't have nearly as much significance as a playoff NBA game, but it is what it is. I decided to watch baseball, take a break from basketball. Um, But I will say that basketball has been great. Um, Like the series, like the only lopsided series is Milwaukee and Boston. Um, Even though Paul Pierce said it'd be lopsided in favor of the Celtics, but it's not. But it's been great. And I've been really enjoying it. But I will say there was like a weekend or a weekend or two ago, where they had a lot of the games in the the afternoon. Afternoon basketball sucks ass. Oh my god. Like you want me to watch basketball at noon? You need to fucking pay me. Because I'm not watching basketball at noon. Noon is for baseball or football. Basketball is a nighttime sport. It's best consumed at night. Same with hockey. And hockey in America is Almost always going to lose out to basketball. But those sports are fun at night. I don't want to watch a day basketball game. Are you fucking crazy? That's ridiculous. Watching a basketball game at noon. I'd literally rather like jump off a cliff than watch basketball at noon again. That's terrible. Um, But it is what it is. Like The East Coast has to stay up super late to watch basketball games so I understand making it earlier for the east coast I'm on the west coast I don't give a fuck um there was like that Portland game that went four overtimes and the east coast must have been feeling that because even though I said basketball is best consumed at night after four overtimes and watching Nikola Jokic and Damian Lillard I was about to be finished my word but yeah basketball has been great um, there's been a scandal, or it's not a scandal, but a lawsuit in the NCAA um, about paying college basketball players, and I'm of the mindset that college players should be paid because college students are broke. But in this case, I think that like it's pretty stupid to like have a lawsuit, and I was thinking like, what is the case for college players to be paid? And I think the best case for college play- players in any sport, is March Madness. Because March Madness, you have players that can't profit on it, that are being watched by millions of people for the first time, potentially. Like someone on like the Mercer basketball team, or like George Mason, or UC Irvine. right? Those people aren't in the national spotlight. And when those people are in the national spotlight, they don't even get to profit off of it. Yes, the school does, but the players don't. So, like, you work your whole life. You're finally on TV. You're probably not going to go pro because you play basketball at UC Irvine. And you just get, like, nothing out of it other than, like, pride. And I feel like the money that March Madness makes should go to the players. I think that's the best case. But people don't think that way. And apparently the FBI has to get involved because... People don't think that way. I think that's kind of dumb. It's pretty stupid, but um. Anyway, Cinco de Mayo was the other day, and I have a story about Cinco de Mayo, and I know that I'm bad at transitioning between things, but I'm I'm doing this by myself. You you gotta give me some credit. Um, Cinco de Mayo was the other day, and I have my story. Takes place a few years ago. Back in 2016, I'm about to graduate college. I'm working in the cafeteria at the University of California, Riverside in the Aberdeen Inverness Dining Hall in Riverside, California. It's Cinco de Mayo. And I, at work, it's a morning shift. I'm working from like 6.30 a.m. to noon or maybe until 11, I forget. It's been a long time. It's a morning shift. That means that all the main people, like the people who actually own and run the the dining hall, aren't there yet. It's the student worker, me. I was a student supervisor, so I was a little bit above a student worker. So it's me, the student supervisor, um, a student manager, and like the lower students who like wash dishes and shit like that. I shouldn't say lower students, but students who aren't supervisors. So... While I'm working is when the actual head honchos get there. They get there at like 10 a.m. And I've been there since 6.30 in the morning, right? So once the head honchos get there and it's Cinco de Mayo, they're saying, yo, we have all these sombreros. Mind you, these people are white. And I don't know if they brought the sombreros. Actually, I don't think about it. All I know is that the sombreros showed up after like the head honchos were there. So... I see these sombreros that I'm assuming that the head honchos brought in, and they're just sitting on a table in the back. None of the, the, the customers see them, but there's just a bunch of sombreros there. And I am not Latino. I am not Mexican. I am not anything like that. I don't speak Spanish. I don't speak any native language of South or Central America. I am not Latino. So I'm, I'm an African-American person. So I, and I have already like known about cultural appropriation. I'm a college student. I'm smart. I'm about to graduate. I deem it a bad look for me, someone who is not Mexican, not Latino, to wear a sombrero, right? So there are other people who are wearing sombreros. They take them from the table. They're wearing them at work. I decide to keep my regular work hat because our uniform had like a black visor. So I decide I'll just keep my visor on and I'll go about my day. My shift is over in like an hour and a half anyway. I don't need to wear the sombrero. And then because I'm a supervisor, I'm running all around the dining hall and I get called to the back. It's me and another supervisor and um, a manager, like an actual adult manager, not like a student. And the adult tells me to put on the sombrero. Mind you, the adult is Latina, right? She tells me, put on the sombrero. So I wasn't going to, but since this Latina adult told me to put on that sombrero, I did it. So I took like a tiny pink sombrero and I figured even if people accuse me of appropriating, it's gonna be a joke, it's gonna be funny, right? And then another student sees me With my pink sombrero on. And she mentions under her breath. I don't think that she meant for me to hear it. But she was like, I would not wear that under her breath. And she was like Latina, right? So I was like, oh shit, am I offending people? I go back to the kitchen with my sombrero on. And all the chefs are people of color. There are barely any white chefs in the kitchen. There's like, we maybe had one or two white chefs... Two or three black chefs, no Asian chefs. Um, and then the rest were like Latino. We didn't have any Middle Eastern, we didn't have any Indian, we didn't have any Native American, we didn't have any of that. Most of them were Latina or Latino or Latinx, and there was like two or three black people, one or two white people in the kitchen. And I go back to the kitchen with people who like mostly like don't even talk to me. Like I didn't talk to that many of the chefs and most of the chefs like they spoke in Spanish to each other So I like whenever I would talk to the chefs like I would talk to them in English But if I was just going through the kitchen and I wasn't talking to anybody Then um, I wouldn't understand what they were saying because they were speaking Spanish So I was just like, okay, I'm going back to the kitchen I need to get, you know, replace the water or the milk or something and all the chefs just like, they are so happy that this black kid who doesn't talk to them that much, not because I don't like them, but I just, I just don't talk to them that much. They, they were so happy that I was wearing this sombrero and they were laughing. They called me a, a vaquero, which means cowboy. And they were like, oh, where's your horse vaquero? And it was like the most bonding I had with a lot of those chefs was at that moment on Cinco de Mayo, Right. And I didn't even want to wear that sombrero, but it created this like bonding moment. And like I said, I liked everyone who worked in the kitchen. I didn't dislike any of the chefs, many of whom are, you know, immigrants and are working hard, maybe have multiple jobs or kids or whatever. So I didn't hate those people when I, I said I didn't talk to them. I do talk to them for work related purposes, but I didn't really talk to that many of them about my desires outside of the kitchen. I didn't really talk to them about where I'm from, what I want to do with my college degree, anything like that. And other people did, but I just, I didn't do that um, because I was just there to, to work, basically. Like my goal wasn't to be a supervisor in a kitchen forever. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I just, I was doing it for the money. I wasn't doing it for the love, you know what I mean? So I had that moment with the chefs, And I was like, wow, this moment that I wasn't even really sure I should do ended up being overall very positive for the rest of my shift there. But I, in the back of my head, every time Cinco de Mayo comes around ever since, and I always think about that, like, yes, that happened, but how many people would that happen to? Because I see on Twitter all the time, on Cinco de Mayo, don't wear sombreros, don't call it Cinco de Drinco, don't do all these things that disrespect Mexican culture and i get that i truly do understand that but i also like what are you supposed to do like in my situation what was i supposed to do a latina woman told me to do it all the latinos at my job were okay with it and happy about it except for one of my coworkers who i don't know if she was happy or not but In my mind, I was like, I didn't even want to wear the sombrero to begin with because I know that can be considered cultural appropriation. I don't want to do that. So I don't know where, like, when it comes to cultural appropriation, I think most of the time it's bad. But there was, like, that one instance where it was, like, a bonding moment. And I don't know if, like, we're over-policing cultural appropriation or not. And if we're losing moments like mine... Because we think that everyone who wears a sombrero on Cinco de Mayo is being offensive in some way. And a lot of people are trying to be offensive when they do wear sombreros and they're not like Mexican or Latino or whatever. But I saw YG with a mariachi band singing a song about going loco and everyone loved it. Everyone, Latinx or not. So I don't know, but it's something to think about. And cultural appropriation, I've made a couple videos about this. For me, it goes like this. If someone is offended or if some people of a different ethnic group to you say don't do this thing, whether it's don't say the N-word or don't make fun of us by wearing this or don't say this because we don't like it or it has a history of being offensive, I'll tend to be like, okay, I get that. I'm not gonna do it. It's not whether I agree or not. It's about being a good person at the end of the day. Like why would I argue with you when I you all you want me to do is show some fucking decency i don't I don't think that's a bad thing, but yeah, it's just I feel like we need to be more case by case, but people aren't willing to be case by case on a lot of things and they're just like aggressive towards a lot of things. And I don't know if that's the right way or if I'm stupid or if everyone else is stupid and I'm the only smart one, but I'm probably not the smart one, but who knows? But anyway, I have some news, some positive news. I think I'm considered a published author now because I've been writing on medium.com, which is like a free blogging bullshit, whatever site. You can write stories or blogs or whatever. So I've been writing them pretty consistently. I've written like four stories or four articles or whatever you want to call them in two weeks, and I got paid one cent for people viewing it, which means maybe one person viewed it. I don't know how the the advertisers work or whatever, but I was no just writing. And it's like, you can get money for this. If you put your paper in our system, you can get money for this. So I said, why not? If I get money, then I get money. And they paid me one cent. So I think I'm a a published author now. Um, So watch out for me getting that Pulitzer Prize, because I'm a published author. And let's see, what else has been happening? Sonic the Hedgehog has been happening because they're making a Sonic movie and people are not happy. I was happy. I'm not necessarily a Sonic fan. I played Sonic Heroes on the GameCube and Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, but people were not happy with Sonic's design. They weren't happy with the lines in the trailer that release. I was so happy. I thought this movie is gonna suck and I'm gonna love it. And now they're saying that you complained so we're going to redesign Sonic to look better because in the trailer, Sonic looks like shit. Honestly, he looks like a human in a Sonic costume rather than Sonic. So they're saying we're going to redesign Sonic so it'll be better. Right. But I don't want it to be better. I want it to be the worst movie possible so that I can enjoy it. If it's mediocre, it might as well be shitty. Right. Like, who cares about a mediocre movie? It either needs to be really good or really bad. And I thought that they were purposefully making it bad to be like Mimi or whatever. But I guess they weren't. Um, and they're making it better. And they're going to redesign. I just hope that they fuck with all of us and they give Sonic titties. I, I want Sonic with titties. Like, give Sonic with, like, big titties and a bra and then just troll us all. Sonic has titties now. I think that would be great. Or Sonic has like a really fat ass. Or Sonic is purple now and not blue. Something like that, but like really like make Sonic like sexy. And I think that like, like Sonic is a boy, but give Sonic like titties and an ass and make him wear lingerie. And I think that that would be great, honestly. That, I mean, that might be venturing into furry territory or, like, porno territory. I think give Sonic titties, though, in a bra. And then make Sonic sexy again. Put that on a fucking hat. I think that would be great. Um, but, yeah, other than that, before we get into, like, the next segment, which is uh, the podcast review, um, or maybe not. I don't know. I'm I'm going to talk for minutes longer. But... I was listening to a song that's been popular on the radio it's called beautiful by Bazzi featuring Camila Cabello you might have heard it on the radio the only time I've heard it is on the radio and I was listening on my Apple music and Apple music like I played like whatever like pop playlists I had on there and beautiful by Bazzi featuring Camila came on and that song was way more sexual than I thought it was. Like, I'm not familiar with Bazzy. I don't know how sexual his music is. And I'm, I, fa- I know about Camila because I found her career arc to be rather fascinating, rather interesting. Um, but I was like, this song is way too sexual for kids. Like, there was one line that was like, sorry that your mom caught us. We have that thunder, which basically means if you're not like good at decoding poetry like I am, that means that they were having sex. The theoretically Bazzy and Camila, but it could be Bazzy and whoever, because Bazzy's saying we got caught having sex too loud by your mom, and I'm like fuck. What the fuck kind of song is this? This is a raunchy ass song. And then Camila. She comes in with the second verse and she says like something like your golden kiss, honey dripping down your lips, which I can only interpret as eating pussy. And there's pussy juice and cum on your lips. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I can only assume that she's talking about eating pussy and eating pussy is great and fun. I just didn't know that that was what the song was about. It's crazy, because the song Beautiful, it sounds like really wholesome and it sounds almost angelic. And it's about eating pussy and getting caught by your mom having sex. What? I don't, I don't know how to, how to comprehend that because I just thought it was like a family-friendly song about being beautiful. It's crazy. And then, there's a reason why I'm telling you this. I was looking up the lyrics and like, when you look at like, you know, a celebrity or you look at a person's profile, right? Like after you get curious, you get recommended them a lot. And I noticed that Camila on her, like her social media, she was saying, I'm writing my album. And she was like, kept on apologizing for like not being on social media. And there was even a Twitter moment. I don't know if everyone saw it, but it was like, Camila thanks her fans for being patient with her album or being patient with her before her album release. And her album, like her second album, I guess, because her first album came out, that was a song the album that had Havana Unana and it had Never Be the Same on It and other songs. Um if you're a fan, you probably know those songs. Um so that album came out in 2018 and she had a monster year. She was like touring and had like the Grammys performance and was like really on top of the world. And then I guess she's writing her second album now after her first one went maybe it went platinum. I'm assuming it went platinum cuz she's a pop artist on the radio. But I would she would kept on apologizing. I thought that was really weird that like people apologize for not being on social media, right? Like, why would you apologize for that? Like, you're famous, you have famous people shit to do. You have business meetings and interviews on top of writing songs for an album, which takes, you know, songwriters, producers, um, managers getting samples cleared, all that shit. Why would you be apologizing for not being on social media? That's fine. Who cares if you tweet, if you're gonna give us good music? So... I went further. I looked on Twitter. I was going through like the stan accounts and the fan accounts and the stans were upset that she wasn't on social media. And I it just blew my mind. She they were saying like I can't believe I was such a big fan. Look at her now. She's not even giving us anything. Like I'm losing interest in her because she's not tweeting or not instagramming that much. Instead of tweeting every day, she's tweeting every week. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Because I had always thought that in 2019, we had established that constantly being on social media is not the best thing for your health, right? It's not good to obsess over social media. It's not good to, you know, compare yourself to others constantly all day. It's good to take a break from the digital. It's good to, um, you know, relax, it's good to sleep, it's good to socialize in real life and not have one hundred percent of your life be on your your iPhone or your android and I mean, I take that you know, and I'm still learning that because like I use social media a lot, and I have started you know going on walks in the morning and like just listening to music but not checking Twitter, not checking Instagram, all that stuff get like a good solid hour of no social media and then go about my day from there and then just check sp- social media sporadically throughout the day instead of being on it like all day in the morning you know what I mean and for these stands and I was reading tweets is like yo I am tired of waiting online for Camila to come online like they were like instant messaging or something and it was going to show that she was online. It was crazy. And I was like, do these kids know that social media is fucking you up? I'm assuming they're kids because this seems like kids behavior to me. But social media is fucking you up. And that's why you're upset that your your number one artist is not on social media. Because social media is your life. If you're sitting online all day waiting for them to come on, of course you're going to be upset. Like if you can't retweet. Your favorite artists, do they even exist? Of course they do. But in your world, you're sitting online all day, you're waiting for them to tweet so you can respond or make memes. Maybe you should do your homework. I'm sure you have biology and algebra too and world history to do. But I don't know. It just seems so crazy to me that. People would get mad at their favorite artists for not tweeting or not making an album or working on their album, but not giving updates. That seems so weird to me, especially in like the day and age where a lot of celebrities have taken a step back from Twitter. And when I say celebrities, I'm using that word rather loosely. Just anyone with a following, basically. A lot of them have taken a step back from Twitter and aren't tweeting as much One, because I need to do work, but two, because I say it's not the best environment when you're famous. And I'm not famous, so I can't relate. But if you make a misstep, people will, you know, come at you. But I like Twitter because um, I can just let my shit fly there. I can say almost whatever I want. And I just express myself and I feel like it's an easy way to express myself, but I can understand if you're a celebrity and you don't want like, the constant tweets or if you're getting canceled or you're getting dragged through the mud, or even if you're not getting dragged through the mud but you're just spending too much time on it to validate yourself and your celebrityness. I can understand taking a step back. Um, but I am not there. I might not ever be there. I love Twitter. I hope that Twitter never changes for me. Um, and I hope that even if I do get famous that I can tweet how I please. But some people don't feel that way. Um, so maybe Camila is like that type of person who feels that she can't always tweet as much as she wants because she has to, you know, do work. And she, if she's on social media, she won't do work. She's writing an album. I'm assuming that writing an album takes some time. I'm not a musician. I can sing a little bit, but I'm not a musician. So... Yeah, I don't care, but I don't know. I just thought it was strange. Um, And I also like, I found the whole Camila Cabello career arc post Fifth Harmony to be rather interesting because I didn't follow Fifth Harmony and then Camila broke off and that was a big news story. And then I was like, okay, Camila's there. I listened to a couple of her songs, but the Fifth Harmony songs are raunchy, bro, like The Fifth Harmony songs are super sexualized, and their performances were super sexualized. And I think these girls, some of them weren't even 18. Like, what? Like, they have, like, 16, 17-year-olds doing, like, some raunchy-ass performances. And I'm aware that just because you're 16 doesn't mean that you're pure and innocent. But it was just, like, it seemed weird that, like, your marketing team let you do that at an underage. But what do I know? Um, I'm. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but for me, it seemed like whoa, this is uncomfortable and wrong, coming from someone who's over eighteen, right? And now you're going your own path, and I maybe like if I felt like over sexualized, I'd leave Fifth Harmony too. Like that shit was like the lyrics were like raunchy, and of course I just mentioned her talk, Camila talking about eating pussy. Now that she's out of it, so is she still raunchy? I don't know, but. The fifth harmony, when like those girls were like 16, 17, was crazy. Like, I don't know. I felt like if I was a fan of fifth harmony as a 20 year old, like I would be like a pervert because those girls were like under 18 or whatever. But now they're all over 18 from what I know, so they can do what they want. I don't care. Um, and I realized as I'm talking, I have to talk about James Charles. And I don't necessarily need to, but I feel like I have to. Because James Charles has been in the news because he had a tour that was overpriced. And then shit came out about him singing and he can't sing that well, apparently. But I have some thoughts. First, he had a tour with like $500 VIP. And I don't care about the prices too much. I don't care about anything like that. You probably are getting ripped off. But what I care about is what the fuck is James Charles going to do on tour? Because if you don't know who James Charles is, he's like a makeup artist on YouTube, right? Do you go on tour and just put makeup on and call that a show? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like if you're a makeup artist, like what makeup artist goes on tour? Have you ever heard of a makeup artist going on tour and like just putting on makeup? That doesn't make any sense. And as far as I know, James Charles doesn't have a podcast, so he can't do a live podcast. And then people come out about him singing. And I was like, oh, this dude is a singer. And then I listened to him singing and it's not that great. And I'm not one to judge too harshly on like singing talent. I think that I can sing, but if I had formal training, I'd be pretty good. But maybe that's what James Charles is. He thinks he can sing, and he doesn't have any training, and he needs training. But I don't really care about your prices of your tickets if you sell tickets. Like, if people are going to buy your tickets at the price you set, then you set a good price, probably. So I'm not mad about that, and I've never been one to say that People can't get their money, all that stuff. But as far as I can tell, the show is going to suck. Because you have someone who is not a great live singer from the videos I saw on Twitter. And someone who is just going to do makeup on stage if they're not going to sing. Because this person isn't like a comedian or a dancer to my knowledge. So what the fuck are you going to do? So that's probably that. And then I went on James Charles' Instagram and then he put like an explanation about a boy he was with at Coachella, and then there was like drama there about James being like handsy with a boy, and then the boy saying no, and then James getting mad at the boy. That was all petty drama or whatever. But I was like, damn, this dude James cannot catch a break. And I'm not saying I'm a fan of James. I thought his singing sucked. I saw his singing on Twitter. I thought it sucked. I, he might be good at makeup, but I don't care about makeup, so I don't know, and I don't think a live makeup tour is a good idea, and I, if I was a fan, I wouldn't go to a live makeup tour, but that dude is constantly being bombarded with shit, and maybe it's his fault, maybe it's our fault, but maybe you need to rethink some things. Maybe you don't need to be on social media as much if you're going to get bombarded with all that bullshit, um, but yeah. I would say to James, Charles, if you ever hear this, what are you doing? What are you doing? Doing a makeup tour. That doesn't make any fucking sense, bro. It doesn't make sense to do a tour of you putting makeup on your face on stage. Who does that shit? Unless you're doing makeup on like a canvas and it's like a live art show, but putting makeup on your face doesn't make sense. If you do anything else, please let me know, but... The singing wasn't great live. Maybe you can do some pre-recorded lip syncing shit, but the singing wasn't great live. So what are you gonna do? Think about it. I'm sure he has like a team and stuff. That dude makes millions of dollars probably, but what are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Get some singing lessons. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take a break and I will be back reviewing a podcast. And the break will be over for you, before you know it, because of the magic of post-production. And we're back! While I was on my break, a couple things happened. One, my dog is in the room with me, and he is confused at what I'm doing. But, so you might hear some noise in the background from a dog. Um, But, I got some comments on my YouTube channel that I want to talk about for a little bit. Um, I got two really nice comments. One that was like, yo, you have good content, keep it up. I thought that was appreciative. One of them that said they love my reviews after I did review on the new Sprite that came out recently. I was like, yo, these comments made my day. Like knowing that somebody, even if it's one person, like is enjoying what I'm doing and likes the shit that I put out. That's great. I, that made my day two days in a row. So that's great. And I've been doing this series or I've rebooted this series where I'm doing question and answers. But since I'm not famous, no one's going to want to ask me questions. So I've been going and looking at other question and answer videos and then using the questions from those videos to do question and answer videos, which is fun. It's a fun idea. I didn't invent the question and answer format, but I, as far as I know, I'm the only one who do question and answer with other people's questions um and I don't do it to make fun of the original one or think I'm better just to give a different perspective and like what I do is I watch a video I write down the questions or I paraphrase them I wait a day so that I forget what the people in the video said and then I do a question and answer video and I think that um it's a fun idea it's a fun concept and it's easy to make because I don't have to like spend any money I don't have to like go anywhere. I'm not really supplying any of the, the inspiration. The inspiration is coming from other people. And I'm just, you know, making it my own. But I got another comment about how the video was too long. Because I took video comments from someone named uh, Mackenzie Ziegler, or Ziegler. And when you do that, like, your video might get recommended, recommended to Mackenzie Ziegler's fans. And she had like three million subscribers on YouTube, so she has a lot of fans, right? So I'm assuming one of her fans found my video and left a comment saying the video was too long. And I understand that, like you have short attention, attention span or whatever, I don't really care. But the video kind of has to be longer than the original video, right? since people are not going to know who i am i have to explain the concept i have to explain what i'm doing and that already takes a few minutes right i'm trying to be as quick as possible but it already takes a few minutes so even if i'm answering the exact same questions i have to set up the preface of the video say who the questions are from and like why i'm doing this and then set that up that might take like two maybe three minutes and then for me, like I have a tendency to like go on and on and on about a topic, so sometimes like my answers will be longer than um, the competitor's video—not competitor, but the the original video. But it has to be, at least in my opinion, at least two or three minutes longer than the original because I have to set it up. But I don't know, I just thought that was fun. Um, but the last segment, and then I promise I'll leave you alone. Is a podcast review, and today we are doing a podcast called Genius Brain. That's genius brain, that's one word. It's a podcast from a man named David So. And I've heard of this guy, um, David So. I remember when I was in college, like people do like the college advice videos and all that. And I was a freshman in college, and someone showed me a David So video. And he was talking about his freshman year at college. I later learned that we both went to the same college, UC Riverside, um, for our freshman year, at least. I think he transferred or whatever. I don't know. Um, So he was. someone showed me his video. So I knew who David So was, but I didn't really know that he had a podcast or anything like that. What happened was I followed this girl on Instagram named Jasmine Garcia, and I followed her on Instagram. Or I should rephrase this. I didn't follow her. I followed her on my dog's Instagram account. Because this bit I do with my dog that like really only I care about is like I have an Instagram for my dog. And my dog follows like all the Instagram models and the thirst traps and all that. Partly so that it's not linked back to me and like I'm not seeming like I'm only following Instagram model models. But partly because I think it's funny that the dog is following all these hot girls. Anyway. I followed Jasmine Garcia on my dog's Instagram account because I just thought that she was um, hot, beautiful. Um, and she. I was like, okay. And then have you ever like followed someone because they were attractive? And then because you always like their pictures because they're attractive, Like you start realizing that they do other stuff besides Instagram. So she posted on her story that she was on the Genius Brain podcast. And uh, of course... I was going to click because Jasmine Garcia is on there, and I think that she is hot. Um, so, of course, I'm going to listen to Genius Brain Podcast. And David, so I'm assuming has like a bit of fame. I'm not assuming; I know he has a bit of fame because I've seen his Instagram account and all that. It's a verified account. I know he has a bit of fame. So I was you know thinking. Oh, okay. There's going to be guests like from the comedy. Because his username is like David So Comedy. It's like, okay, there's going to be like comedians and there's going to be like famous people in the industry, all that stuff. But that's not entirely what it is. Um, I listened to the entire Jasmine Garcia podcast. And Jasmine Garcia does YouTube, does like fitness content and a variety of other things. So she's in the entertainment space. But some of the people he was interviewing were just like his friends. And that's not a problem per se. It's just that it gives a different vibe, right? Like if you're talking to someone from the industry, like when, to give another example of a podcast I listened to, The Right Time with Bomani Jones, like he'll have guests on there from the industry or people that he's colleagues with, but not his friends from back home. So when you have like an interview with colleagues or interview with people, In sports because Bomani Jones is in the sports media world So when you do that it's a different vibe than like two friends talking the genius brain podcast Sounds like you're listening in on a conversation between friends or you're like I don't want to say third wheeling But you just met two friends and they're talking and you're like kind of in on it Which is a nice like kind of cozy experience and it's just two people talking some people have fame I think timothy de la ghetto was on there and i've known of him he's uh like a youtube personality he was on wild and out on mtv so he has fame um but a lot of the people from what i saw and what i listened to were um just his friends um and it just gives like a different vibe i would say sometimes like you don't know who the people are that they're talking about like you'll be listening and they'll be like oh joe said this and i'm like who the fuck is joe um And there was one episode I listened to. I forget the title, but it was like XYZ featuring Edric. And I don't know who Edric is. Like, I don't know. Like, it's not like a single name celebrity like Cher or Drake or Ichiro. Like, it's just Edric. I don't know who the fuck Edric is. But it's not a bad conversation. It's just you don't know these people. And a lot of times when I go for podcasts, like it's like some, a name that I know that draws me in usually like all fantasy, everything, for example, like if they have a podcast with a comedian, I like, I will listen to it because, oh, I like this comedian. So I'm going to listen to all fantasy, everything, which is a podcast ran literally by comedians. So I'm going to listen to it. Or like, I think that's why people like, like Joe Rogan so much. I don't, Really listen to Joe Rogan podcast But like he has famous people on there So even if you Don't listen to every Joe Rogan podcast There's going to be someone who you know who You're interested in Who is on the Joe Rogan podcast um, I also noticed that like I'm more inclined to click on a podcast If the two people Are like a man and a woman Like if a man has a podcast And their woman is a guest Or if a woman has a podcast And a man is a guest I'm more inclined to click on that. I don't know why, um, but like, I feel like I like women in my podcast. Like, I'm less inclined to click on a podcast with three dudes than even like two dudes or a girl or a woman or one dude and two women or three women even. Um, I'm more inclined to do that. But anyway, Genius Brain, it's a lot of conversations, a lot of... Um, You know, talking about culture and what's on Twitter or what's on YouTube or like being in entertainment with people who maybe aren't that famous or who maybe aren't in the same entertainment space. And I think one of the podcasts he said, Genius Brain is about the celebrities of my life. So he was talking about, you know, his friends, which is fine. It's great. And I would say it's an enjoyable experience. Um, It does get a little repetitive with the topics. And sometimes the guests repeat rather frequently. Like, it'll be like, oh, featuring Edric on week one. And then in week three, Edric is back again, which isn't bad. But it's not like a variety. Like, if you may be used to a new guest every week. This isn't what you're looking for. You're looking for a more cozy experience with two friends talking and you're like, you're new to the group and you're getting a feel for the group of friends. That's what it feels like. And I actually, I enjoyed it. Honestly, I would give Genius Brain like um, a 7.75 out of 10. Pretty good. Um, Yeah, that's all. We are at 51 minutes, which is great for me. I like this. Um, but yeah, that's all for now. Thank you for listening all the way through. If you did listen all the way through, um, if you want to subscribe, if you want to rate five stars, if you want to give me a podcast to listen to on what is a podcast, that's great. Um, I also have new artwork for the podcast that might be dropping soon. Um, if I can figure it out, maybe even by the time you listen to this podcast, there's mean new artwork. Um, basically I thought that the artwork I had wasn't that great of a picture of me anymore, so I wanted to change it, but yeah, that's in the works. Um, Please be safe. Love you. Goodbye.